John chapter 6. We're going to talk about Jesus, the bread of life. Can we do that this morning? Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? Better? A little higher? A little louder? have to get in the old-time Pentecostal screaming voice. Uh, no, I re- retired that. In fact, I never really had that. So um, I just do it for fun. All right. Is it better? John chapter 6, we're going to get into the Word. The Word of God is life. Amen? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Better? You can hear me better? John chapter 6, pick up in verse 5. Let's pick up in verse 5. John chapter 6, verse 5. We'll go to probably just to 14. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 5. It said, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Check out what he said. Check out what it it says in the next verse, verse 6. He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Verse 7. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough food for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will this go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those who were seated. And check this out. As much as they wanted, he did the same with the fish. Then when they had enough, verse 12, to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. And of course it says they gathered the rest. Now check this out. Okay, this is a true story. This is not a, a, a fairy tale. This isn't a Bible story, a parable. Jesus actually did this a couple times where in the New Testament he fed a multitude. How many of you have fed over 5,000 people with five loaves and a couple of fishes? Anyone in this room? Uh, I didn't think so. Okay, but is it possible? Yes. It is very possible. So here it is. Check this out. Jesus is out there, he, he's about, he, he's going, he's ministering, he's feeding people, uh, he's fed people, he, he's about to feed them, and, and he says to the disciples, hey, let's feed the people. Okay, any of you in food service or anything like, okay, just feeding an army, feeding your family sometimes, but feeding 5,000 plus people was a big deal. He already knew what he was going to do. And so then they, you know, the disciples say, hey, wait, where, where should we buy enough bread? I mean, you know, Panera Bread is shut down today. Uh, Chipotle is, is down. You know, hey, uh, you know, uh, Chick-fil-A is always closed on Sundays, Jesus. Come on, you've got to know this. Uh, the bakery, they can only maybe get 100 loaves. Come on, Jesus, what, what are we going to do? And then, of course, uh, the next disciple, this is kind of interesting because it's kind of a, you've got to imagine maybe it's in a sarcastic, you know, uh, hey, Jesus, here's a couple loaves and a couple fish. What are you going to do with that? Lo and behold, what does Jesus do? Have him sit down in grass. That's amazing there was grass in this whole area for 5,000 people. He has them sit down. He blesses the food. He breaks it. And how much do they have? It says that so they were what? They had enough. Everyone was filled with bread. A miracle. And then Jesus says what? Don't waste it. Pick it up. Let's gather that. Then a little bit later, if you look at this scripture, there's more happening, and, and we won't read it all, but in John 6.35, Jesus says, he says this, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go thirsty, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Okay, you'll never be hungry, you'll never be thirsty again. Now, all of us have to eat, right? 
You have to eat. I know some of you, Pastor, you always talk about food. Always. Hey, if it's in the Bible, we're going to talk about it. All right? So, so we're talking about this. You have to eat physically or you will die. But you also need to eat spiritually or you will die. And you see, the problem in this world is we're looking to be fed by everything else, but sometimes the church forgets that Jesus is the bread of life. Like Ron said, he was able to feed them the chicken, but he wanted to feed them Jesus, the bread of life. And you see, we live in a world today where they're giving their lives over to all kinds of things. They're giving their lives to all kinds of causes, some good, some bad. And this world is really in need. You see, you see the, 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 the turmoil in the Middle East. You see the turmoil all over the world. And really what the world needs is Jesus. They need the bread of life. And so instead of us giving them a lecture, instead of us telling them how bad they are, let, and saying, well, you know, if you guys would do this, we need to tell them that Jesus is the bread of life. He is what you need today. He will solve a lot of the problems. And so the church in America, I believe this, friends, I believe the church in America has forgotten the power of the bread of life. You see, Christianity has now become a, a, a thing that we do. It's cool. Hey, I go to... I go to church, they have these cool songs, and, and the hyper-pastor gets up and, and gives a good message, and we hear about these missions things, and that's cool, and sometimes they have some coffee. Hey, that's cool. No, we're here about Jesus, the bread of life. And we forget that Jesus was raised from the dead. We forget that Jesus can still do the miraculous in your life. Amen? We forget the power of Jesus that raises the dead. We forget about the power of Jesus that delivers the addict. We forget about the power of Jesus that goes into a country and radically changes the lives. Because we're so consumed about feeding ourselves. We're like, I've got to pay my bills. I've got to get ahead. I've got to feed my kids. I, I just want to get on life. And so Lord, the Lord Jesus becomes bread for life instead of the bread of life. You see, in the church, Jesus is the bread for life, but He should be the bread of life. You think you come to church, man, i just got to get by today. I, I hope there's something in the message. I hope there's something said. I just need to get by. You know what? You need to stop thinking like that. You need to say, you know what? Jesus is the bread of life. He says, I will never go hungry. I will never go thirsty ever again. And yes, God wants to meet your needs, but I'm asking you to say, you know what? I don't want to go to church anymore just to make it, man. I want to go to church to be a part of the bread of life. I want to receive and I want to give the bread of life. And so I want to talk about that this morning for a few minutes. I'm going to try not to talk hyper fast. I know I do. But the first thing is the people need the bread of life. Number one is the people need the bread of life. Letter A, they're eating anything. Have you ever been so hungry and you long for a certain kind of food and maybe you go home or you go to the restaurant and they don't have it and you just fill up like on Twinkies or you fill up on crackers? I remember uh, there was a flight, the Nelson family, we went back to Colorado. I can't remember what we were doing. We flew back to Colorado, and, and this was just right after they started implementing charging money for the snacks and all that. And so we didn't, have a, we didn't really prepare. The kids, our kids were younger, and all they had were crackers. And so we ate like, we were six hours, and we just ate crackers, and we're like, we're starving. But our stomachs were full of crackers. But, but inside there was this, I, I, I need more than that. And you see, the people in the world, they're eating all this junk food of the world, the internet, uh, religions, political things, uh, the, the false religions. They're going after all this stuff, and they're hungry, but yet they're not being fulfilled. And they're eating anything just to, to find a purpose in life, and, the, and they're just not being fulfilled in life. You see it, right? We see it. I mean, people are chasing after, you know, if this doesn't work, they do that, and if that doesn't work, they do this, and if that religion doesn't work. And you see, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. 
They, can, they don't have to be hungry anymore. They don't need to chase around. You see, people, then also, they're giving their lives to a cause because everyone wants to believe in something bigger, right? Come on. Everyone wants to pour their life into something. Everyone wants to give their life to something that matters. And so, so they're pouring their lives into politics and social concerns. And those are okay. That's a good thing. They're standing up for religions, and, and we should stand up for Jesus. They're standing up for lifestyles that are unbiblical, and they're condemning those who, who say that they're wrong. The world is hungry, and we see a, a rise in spiritualism, occultism. We see a rise, and it's been, it's been forever. We see a rise in hero worship, sports, music, TV music. We see a rise in, in, in politician worship and hopes that politics are going to change the world. And, and I'm just going to say it, because I have to. We've got to stop believing in politics alone. We've got to pray politically. We've got to be involved politically. We've got to pray that Jesus is involved, because he's the bread of life. Amen? You see, they're looking for the bread and all these things they consume, but they're never satisfied. They're empty. Why? How do you know that? Because you look at our news and you see people are unhappy. Suicides at higher rates. People are dying of, of, of all kinds of things. People are, this is the, we are the land of drugs. They self-medicate. They're medicated by doctors. And God bless science and medicine and doctors. But we need the bread of life. Amen? And so people are giving their lives over. They're, they're blowing you up in the name of their religion, but they're, they're not satisfied. And the reason is twofold. Number one, the first is they don't have Jesus. And secondly, Ron, the missionary talked about this, is the enemy of our souls comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you see, you and I, have, we have to grow up as people. Amen? We have to grow up as believers say, I don't care what the country they're from. I don't care if they have a Muslim background, an atheist background, a Jewish background. I don't care if they're black, they're white. I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican. They're people. And God cares about people. Amen? He doesn't care about their background. He wants them to know Jesus. And we have the answer. He's Jesus. So the church must get over its politics. We must get over, well, you know, uh, they are part of this race. And I know talking to my African friends and having missionary friends in Africa, there's a lot of still tribal warfare, still tribal conflict, so that there are some of the troubles in these countries because it's tribal. And if you have an issue with another tribe, you need to get over it because we're all part of the same tribe. The human tribe. Amen? I've talked about this in, from my Asian friends. Growing up Korean, there is still, in Korea, there's still this, this dislike for Japanese people from the older generation. And I tell them, I say, I'm sorry, it was horrible what then the imperialistic Japanese did, but that was a different time. This is a new time. God loves all people. Amen? And so whatever your, your background is, you don't like a certain race, a certain tribe, you know, hey, we're from India, we don't like Pakistanis, you've got to get over that. Amen? Or, or you know, hey, we're, we're Latinos and we don't like this Latino country, you've got to get over that. I mean, I'm going to try to pick every nation if I can. If I haven't, come see me later. I'll, I'll get on you, alright? You see, they need Jesus, the bread of life. They are shepherdless. They're shepherdless. Again, their lifestyles prove it. I mean, they're chasing after things that are empty. Amen? Come on. They wander through life and giving their lives to causes, some good, some bad. And specifically in 2 Corinthians 2, or 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. You see, Satan doesn't want them to have the real bread of life. He doesn't want them to have the shepherd Jesus Christ lead them. And so the next thing, part of this, and I have it marked, but also John, it says, in Mark 6:37, it says, He answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would take eight months of wages, of a man's wages, excuse me. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? The second part of this, You have the bread. 
Say with me, I have the bread. Okay, you may not have bread, money, or actual physical bread, but you have the bread of life. You see, the bread of life sometimes, and this is said, I'm going to get on the church just for a few moments. The bread of life sometimes means nothing to the church. You see, we live in such a, a generation in America that Christianity has become a consumer thing. And, and a general counsel, Pastor Jim Cimbala, came and talked to all of us, Assembly God ministers, general counsel, on one of the morning sessions. And he said in churches, some churches, again, they, they try to make it a show. They try to make the, the church service last just so, just so long so people don't get bored. And he, he talked about it in one church. And, and that's why, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, I'm praying for you. But, but in, in, in one church in, in, in the Dallas area, if the football game, the Cowboys are playing early, people are actually getting up during the worship and getting up during the communion time and leaving so they can go home and watch the, the Cowboys. See, God doesn't like the Cowboys. The Broncos are his team, but not the Cowboys. But you see what I'm saying? And so, so pastors don't want to offend. They try to make services short. And, and, and what happens, and he talked about this, Pastor Simbola said, people will, when, when, if I go past 12.15 or 12.30, people are looking at their watches and like, i got to go. But you go to a movie, you sit there for three hours, right? You could care less. You go to a sporting event, your favorite soccer team, football team, your favorite ping pong team, you would want to stay all night. You go to a concert and they're singing, you know, they're singing whatever songs. You're there, ah, yeah, ah. But when you come to church, what's wrong with us? The bread of life, amen? Jesus is what can feed you. I love movies. I love sporting events. I love concerts. But they are not the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. So we've got to break this concept that we come to church, man. You've got to just say, I don't care how long I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for Jesus. Amen? Come on, say, you see, we have the bread of life. And you've heard that saying, familiarity breeds contempt. Well, in the church, familiarity breeds faithless Christians. You see, the bread of life has become nothing. We're, again, Jesus is bread for life instead of the bread of life. He, we say, man, Jesus, I got my bills and, and, and I, got to, I got to deal with this and please help me. You come to church worn out and, and you're, you're like, you're dragging in and you oh, I got enough energy just to make it this week. And that's fine at times. And God says He wants to supply our needs, but it's got to be more than that. You got to say, man, I, I need the bread of life for life, not of life, just to have sustenance. God has made you fully alive through Christ Jesus. Amen? And you've got to change your mentality. He's not the bread for life. He is the bread of life. Amen? So receive this bread. Make it holy again. Make it special. We wonder why worship services do nothing for us. We wonder why people don't come to Sunday school anymore. We wonder why people don't listen to sermons. You're texting right now, even as I'm preaching. You're Twittering. You're checking your Facebook posts. You're Instagram. All that other junk. Please stop. Get with Jesus. Amen? I, that stuff's all cool, but this is, this is not a common thing. This is special. He's the bread of life. He's the only one that can give you real life. So come to church spiritually hungry. Don't be all filled up with junk crackers like Facebook and music and all that stuff. Come ready to receive the Word of God. Because remember, faith comes here by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? And so you guys say, man, I, I, I want the, the wonder of Jesus to be real to me again. I want it to be alive. I want it to be special. How does this happen? You've got to change your attitude. You have to repent. You have to say, God, forgive me for allowing these things to fill me up, but I'm empty inside still. 
to say, God, I want the bread of life to mean a lot to me, amen? So the next thing, because you have the bread, say, I have the bread. The rest of you being rebellious, say it now. I have the bread. The second thing is this, is don't hide it, divide it. Okay, don't hide it, divide it. You see, we come to church, oh, and we, we want to be blessed by the church and the worship and the message, and specifically sometimes in the spiritual church. We, we, want, we want the spirit, we want tongues, we want interpretations, we want the gifts of the spirit to flow. And God likes that, but they're not just for here. They're for outside the church. The book of Acts did not have conferences. They did not have slick preachers flying in on a, a cool glider. or and the, the, They went out. The gospel is to go out. And there's nothing wrong with a pastor with slick hair and all that stuff. But we are to take the gospel out. We're not to hide it. We're to divide it. Come on, amen? What did Jesus say? He broke the bread and he gave it out to people as much as they need. You see, we, we want to say, well, it's just for Republicans. It's just for Democrats. It's just for the white folk. It's just for the black folk. It's for the Latinos only. It's, it's for everyone. The bread of life is for everyone. And we have to get over this mentality it's just for us because you know what happens? Have you ever like held on to bread for a long time? What happens to that bread when you hold on to it for a long time? It gets hard and what else? Moldy. I don't know if you've ever eaten moldy bread. It's nasty. I've done it on accident. You're like biting into this. It's like, wah! And you see, when we try to hide it, it spoils. But we've got to hide it. We can't hide it. We've got to divide it. Amen? So let me talk about the third thing. I need to move along. God will multiply the bread. Say, God will multiply the bread. You see, God is still in the miracle business. Oh, that was weak. God is still in the miracle business. Thank you. He still does miracles every day. Not only is the Bible full of miracles, your life is full of miracles too. I mean, I could go into many accounts. Gideon took 300 men and they defeated a very large army, over thousands and thousands. Jonathan and his armor bearer, same thing. Two men defeated and sent thousands, hundreds of thousands of soldiers. Joseph, one man, saved two whole nations, Egypt and Israel. One man named Moses split the Red Sea and made a million people escape. God wants to work through you. Well, pastor, that was Moses, that was Gideon, that was Joseph, that was so-and-so. No, that is you. You see, God took a boy's small loaf, a couple loaves and some fish, his lunch, and he used it to feed 5,000 plus people. If God can do that, then don't you think he can still do that today? Come on, amen? You see, God is still in the miracle business. In fact, let it be, God gives, once you're little... Give him your little bit and watch him multiply it. God is waiting for us to give up our smallness. Our, well, I can't do much. I'm only one person. I, that's right, you're only one person. Well, I, all I got is $10. Well, I don't have any money. You know, God doesn't care about that. He says, just give what you have and watch me multiply it. In fact, I was reminded yesterday just, just of a person that was giving. We, if, if some of you don't know, Rosie Cabrera passed away last Sunday. Unfortunately, she she is now in heaven with Jesus, and there was a wonderful time of celebration and memories at, at her uh, memorial service. And her daughter, I think she's here, had this great story. Rosie was such a giving person. And, and Rosie was, was receiving treatment, and I don't know which treatment it was, but she was receiving treatment for her cancer. And she was there with another, a fellow person receiving treatment, and this person was the breadwinner. 
And this person was saying, I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family because when I'm not working and I'm here, I cannot provide for them. And Rosie took what she had in her wallet and gave all of it to him and said, here, feed your family. God multiplied that to bless this man. She gave and God provided. And you say, you know what? I don't have $10. I don't have an hour a day. God can take your little bit and multiply it. And so, so don't think that you're a nobody. Think that, hey, God wants to use my life and do great things. Amen? Give your little bit to God and watch Him multiply. I have another account that I was a police chaplain in, in South Jordan, Utah when we had planted our church out there. And, and uh, it was a hard area to work with. We were trying to, to reach a lot of people there, and we, a lot of Mormon people. And so there was, a, there was an officer that I built a rapport with, and I was praying with him and trying to build it. And, and I was only there for a couple of years, and then we moved here, and we've been here almost 10 years. And, and this officer, he found me somehow on the Internet, and he sent me an email just a few months ago, and he said, he said Stan, I want to let you know your efforts were not in vain. That what little you did 10 years ago has made a big difference. He says, now I'm a born-again believer today. And I'm, gonna, I'm enrolling in Liberty University to become a pastor. God had delivered him from this religion. And so you think, well, what I do doesn't matter. Yes, what you do does matter. You may not see the seeds fully developed or fully come to fruition today, but they might happen tomorrow, next month, next year. Ten years. It might be a whole lifetime. So don't ever think the little thing that you do doesn't matter because it does. Amen? Don't think that your small cannot be multiplied. Amen? You see, some of us despise small things. We despise small beginnings. Everything started small. Everything begins in a small way. Small faith in a big God can accomplish much. Amen? Come on. Small faith in a big God can accomplish much. But small faith in a small God won't do much. So begin to say, my faith in God is going to make a difference in my world, in my home. The next thing, let her see, I'm going to say this again, let her see his resources never run out. Come on, amen? God is not broke. God is not in a recession. He never runs out of resources. God is on the throne. The world economy comes and goes, right? But we don't live by the world's economy. We live by God's economy. And you and I can have testimonies of God providing. And I want to tell you about Jim Simbola real quick. I want to go about... He reminded us, I read it in one of his books, that he said that they have this church in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. It's called the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And they were re- moving from one older building to another, another place. And a couple groups came behind and said, hey, we'll give you a couple million dollars. We'll loan some money to you so that you guys can move. They, they run like four or five services a day on Sundays. Um, and they pack it out. I think 10,000 people. And they're, they're seeing a lot of changes. So they said, all right, we're going to go. He says, great. Uh, thanks. This, this Christian organization said, we'll lend you the money. And so he said, great. So he goes, he goes to this mission trip uh, in South America. He's there. And, and this guy from this, this group says, hey, um, we kind of made, we crunched the numbers. And there's a problem. So what is it? Well, you're going to be $6 million short. Uh, what are you going to do to find the $6 million? He said, well, listen, dude, you called me in the first place. Uh, and secondly, we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to see God. So that's great, but where are you going to get the $6 million? So he's on this missus trip and he's starting to get a little stressed. And he said, God, you said this is what you wanted to do. So God told him to not be fearful, have peace. He comes back. He comes back to his office. I'm just truncating the story. He comes back to his office. He starts going through the emails, the texts, and he starts going through the mail. 
And about 10 minutes going to the mail, he opens up this letter, and it's a person he's never met. And, and there's a check for a million dollars in this letter. And he's like, wow. So he goes to the finance department. Here's a million dollars. You know, we got five million to go. This is awesome. So they're high-fiving, they're shouting, they're praising God. So that's going on for about 10 minutes. Then he goes back into his office, sits down, starts going through the mail again. He opens another letter. And the letters from this person doesn't know, doesn't, he's never met them. And this person, we believe in what you're doing. Here's a check for $5 million. So God, in 10 minutes, 10 minutes solved their problem. Amen? Here's my point. God never runs out of resources. Some of you are like, well, I wish I could have $10 million. I wish I had... That's not the point. The point is, whatever God calls you to do, He will provide for you. Amen? Whatever it is. And so... $30,000 is nothing to what God is going to be doing in your life. Amen? Some of you, $30,000 is your vacation money. For some of us, that's like, wow, I wish I had that much for vacation, right? You see, the disciples, when, when, when it came to resources, they said, hey, it's going to take eight months' wages. They were looking at it from a natural point of view. We've got to stop looking at the world from a natural point of view. Remember, the Bible says that we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, it says that the weapons that are our warfare are mighty through God. That we have power, amen? And God can provide, amen? We walk by faith, not by sight, amen? So say it with me. God is not broke. He can do whatever He needs to do. Yes, He wants to meet your needs. Go to Him. Say, God, I have these needs, financial, this, that. He wants to meet your needs, but He wants to do more than that. He wants to use you to be a river of living bread to your family, to your co-workers, to the nations of the world. Amen? He wants to use this church and every church to be life givers. Number four, we're getting down to the end. Here's how to satisfy or to be satisfied with the bread of life. The first and very most important thing is have a relationship with Jesus. You see, it's very important. If you, if you didn't, you should read uh, John chapter 6. It says that the crowds followed Jesus around. He did the, he did the miracle of feeding the multitudes of 5,000 with the small loaves and fishes. And it says that they knew that Jesus was, was leaving. They beat Jesus to where he was going to be. I mean, talking about road, you're talking about like radical fans, right? I mean, so, so these people, they go and they meet Jesus and they're ready. And, they're like, and Jesus says, you only came here because I fed you yesterday. You only came here because of the miracle. You see, again, Jesus was not the bread of life. He was the bread for life. You see, as believers, we've got to get over this mentality. He's he's the bread for life. He's the bread of life. And He wants a relationship with with you. Amen? He wants to know you. He wants you to know Him. He he loves to talk to you. He does. He loves to listen to you. He loves you with His whole heart. He wants you to give up. And He wants to be the source of your life. So build that relationship if if you haven't. Build that relationship. Make that very important in your life. Amen? The second part of this is then open your spiritual eyes. You must move beyond the natural realm. Yes, we live in a physical realm. Yes, we live in a natural realm. Yes, if you go weeks without sleep, you're going to blow up or die or something. But in the same sense, spiritually, you have to have your eyes opened. You've got to say, God, let me see the world in a spiritual realm. Let me stop looking at people by race or color or politics or, or gender. Let me start looking at them in the eyes of Jesus that they need Jesus. And I have the bread of life. Amen? Stop looking at your world just in the physical realm. Because again, we don't know how long we are on this earth. Say, God, let my life count. 
Let me be the bread of life to other people. Amen? Because we don't know how long we're here. The third thing, letter C, is let your light shine. You must let your Christianity outshine the false lights of the world. I told you earlier, people are going to all kinds of causes and it's killing them, it's destroying them, it's leaving them empty. And you have Jesus. He is the bread of life and you cannot hide Him. You have to say, God, use my life to touch those around me. And unfortunately, even in the church, see, there are too many people that are in bondage to the world and the systems and the things of the world. Let God free you. Just say, Lord, this world is not my home. Come on, say that. Lord, this world is not my home. All right, let me move on to the next thing because I've got to get done. Letter D, pray for those in need. Pray for those in need. Don't just say, oh, God bless them, let them have a nice meal and uh, let them have a good life. Don't do that alone, but say, God, open their eyes to the truth of Jesus Christ. Let me or other Christians lead them. Let me be a light to them. Amen? You see, we're not supposed to pray for the harvest. We're supposed to gather the harvest. Amen? You see, prayer for the lost is not to win them, but it's the warfare for their souls. The the gospel says to go and preach the good news and to bring the harvest in. The the Bible says the harvest is ripe. You don't need, oh God, let the ripeness be more ripe. Oh God, let our shiny combine equipment look really good as we're out there pumping the praise music. Oh, let the message... No, you've got to get out with the message. You've got to get the implement machine out in the fields and cut down and bring in the harvest. God is calling the church to start going out. You've got to pray, God, bind the work of the enemy. Bind the deception. Bind these bondages. Free them up. Amen? 1 John 4, 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because He, the one who is in you, is greater than the one who is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? Greater is Jesus in you than he that is in the world. Then letter F, give. Give to those who need it. And it might be a shirt. It might be a meal. But really what's most important is that they need Jesus. They need Jesus. Amen? You've been set free. You have to help others set free. Someone gave to you, you must give. Amen? Stop letting the lost eat false bread. You have the bread of life. Give it to them. Well, pastor, I don't know about that. I don't speak very well, 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 well. Moses had the same problem. And so he asked for the Lord to help him. And so God says, I'll send Aaron. But what does Moses do? Aaron, I got it, man. God's with me now. And he speaks. Get rid of your excuses. Everywhere you go, where you go to eat, where you go to work, where you go to work out, where you're on the sports field, in the classroom, God is wanting to use you to speak into the lives of those around you. You let God's light shine, they're going to come to you. I remember in college, sitting in a class, and I didn't go to Bible college, I went to a state university, and I remember the students coming to me, there's something different about you. And I'm like, yes, hallelujah, I'm weird. No, they're like, There's something you have that I want. What is it? Guess what? Well, I'm shot. I'd tell him. He's Jesus. I was just letting Jesus shine through my life. I wasn't all like, hey, hallelujah, weird. No, it was Jesus is in you. They want it. You wonder why sometimes people like lean into you. It's not because you smell nice. It might be. 
It's because Jesus is in you. And they're like, there's something in there and I want it. So stop worrying. Oh, I've got to have this message. I, gotta, I, I haven't gone to Bible college. You don't have to go to Bible college. You can if God calls you to. You can just let Jesus come out. Amen? Give Jesus to those in need. Amen? Letter F. Pray and help the church. Pray and help the church. Be the bread-giving church. Pray that this church, every church... In fact, we are just one branch. Ron talked about KC all over the world. Did you know there's a church in every country, almost every country of the world. Talking to my missionary friends, they say there's two things, I'm just using Africa as an example right now, two things in Africa everybody knows about, Coca-Cola and the Assemblies of God. Seriously. Now, and I'm not bragging about Assemblies of God because God wants to use every church and every denomination to preach the gospel. We are just one branch of the main source, Jesus, amen? I don't care if it's Methodist, Lutheran, Pentecostal, I don't care if they're preaching the good news, then they need to be about the bread life. We need to be about the bread life. Amen? So pray that this church, help this church be a bread-giving church to those around us. We have access to Jesus. He's the bread of life. Every church, everything starts small. You are not powerless. God is with you. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. And if you have financial needs, physical needs, spiritual needs, God wants to meet those needs, and then He wants you to meet the needs of the world. So stop thinking, man, we're just a small church. In fact, stop cursing us with that mentality. Come on, amen? We might be small, but we're changing lives. I mean, people, in fact, there's people that come back even after they move away and they come back. And thank God, because of Facebook, I have contact with people and they say, Pastor Stan, Rockville Assembly, God, touch my life. The people there touch my life. And they're in another country right now. They're in another state right now. So don't think you're not making a difference. You're making a big impact in people's lives. Amen? Well, we're just a small... God can use the small. Don't despise small things. We, we may never grow to a megachurch. We might. I don't care. Whatever God wants to do, I want to be about it. But I don't want you to think, well, we're just nobody. That's what the devil wants you to think. Stop looking at your life from the material point of view and start saying, man, my life counts. I am a child of God. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? I want to give opportunity just for you to receive from the Lord this morning. That maybe, maybe this morning you, you've never received this Jesus, this bread of life. I want to give you opportunity. Maybe you've never made this Jesus the Savior of life. Maybe you need, you're saying, you know what, Pastor Stan? I need to give Jesus my life. I want to become one of his children. I want the bread of life. And so with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, would you just for a moment, just, just for the privacy of those around you, would you just close your eyes, bow your heads, please. And you've heard me talk about this Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. He can fill your life up. If you've never made Him the Lord of your life, you've never accepted Him as your Savior, and you want to do this today, with with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, I want to give you opportunity. Jesus is calling you right now. Would you just raise your hand and say, you know what, I want this Jesus as my Savior. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want Jesus as my Savior today. If you've never done that before. Okay? I trust then that you've made that decision. But here's the next thing. With your eyes closed, your head's bowed, because I do want to try to have an altar time just for a few moments. I don't want anyone looking around. But I want somebody to be real with God today. You see, God imparted in the message also that for some of us, Jesus is bread for life instead of bread of life. And for some of you, you say, you know what, Pastor Sin, I need to stop making Jesus the bread for life and make him the bread of life. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I need my faith to be real. I, I want Jesus to be the bread of life for me. Come on, raise your hands up if, you, if that's you. Say, 
Church is boring to me. My spiritual life just doesn't matter anymore, and I want him to be the bread of life to me. Hands up and hands down. Come on, hands up. Hands up, hands up, hands down. Father, for my friends that are honest and they raise their hands, Lord, help us to make you the bread of life. Not just the bread for life, but the bread of life. Help us to be the light that you want us to be around. And Lord, help us when our spiritual disciplines, let them become real and living and active, God. We don't want to just come to church. We want to worship God. We want to be a part of the body of Christ. We want to do for you, God. Here's the last thing that I want to bring. I want to open up the altars to you. Is I want anyone that says, I want my life to be a testimony to God. And I want, to, I want God to take my small and make great things happen. Would you come to the front? I want God to take my small loaves and my small fish and I want Him to multiply them. Come on. I want God to use my life to count on this earth. I want to take my small, my whatever small loaves that I have and my small fishes and I want them to be multiplied. Come to the front. Say, I want my life to count. I want to make a difference. You don't have to come, but as, as the Lord is leading you, I want you to come. Just come as the Lord leads you. And I don't ever want to, mo- to, to manipulate anyone. I just want you to come because you say, I want God to take my small things that I have and I want Him to multiply them to make a big difference in my family, my life, this community, the world, the church, the universe. Father, help us to just take what we have. Come on, crowd in the front if you have to. Come to the sides if you have to. Father God, you are a miracle worker. You are pleased to take what little we have and you want to multiply it, God. You are an awesome God. And so, Father, sometimes in the church we forget that you're a miracle-working God. We let life consume us. We get life dictate to us who you are, God. You are God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the bread of life. And, Father, just like you took the small loaves and the fishes and you multiplied them, would you take what small we're offering to you? It might be our job. It might be our talents. It might be $5. It it might be actual bread. But, Lord, today we're bringing our littleness to you because you're going to do great things in them because we want to multiply it. We want to take what we have and give it to you, God, so you can do greater things. Multiply every person, God. Multiply everything that you're going to do, Father God, in Jesus' name. Friends, I'm going to just keep praying. The worship team's going to play something. Don't freak out. I'm just going to anoint you with oil. If you've never had this happen, it's nothing magical. It's nothing special. But it's something that we do in the church. And so I'm going to turn my microphone off. I'm going to just pray. As I, as I pray, continue to call out on God. Now say, God, take this thing that I'm giving to you and multiply it. Come on, go ahead and do that right now.
God just reminded me while I was worshiping, He wants to do great things in your life. I want you to believe that, okay? I want you to believe that God is going to take what little that you gave today and He's going to multiply it. He wants to do great things in your life, in this world, in this nation, and in the nations of the world. And church, I'm speaking to us right now. God has been doing great things, but He's going to do greater things. Don't despise the small, amen? Believe it. I mean, whether you